Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, starting at verse 43. Jesus is speaking to the crowds. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Thank you, Judith. Just move that chunk it there. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to kind of finally be here. Like, it's been a long time for you. It's been a long time um, for us, I'm sure, since October when we, we got appointed. And like, we're so excited, both Katie and I, to, to be here and to be part of such an amazing community. Um, like, people sort of have talked about Redland before we came and said, oh, they're really, really lovely, really welcoming community. And the good news is they're really right. Um, <laughs> And I'm not just saying that. There's something distinct and kind of unique about, um, about you guys. There is a real love for one another, and uh, the way you welcomed both of us um, in so many ways over the last few weeks has just been absolutely um, incredible, and we feel so welcome. But we're not just excited to be joining a kind of um, welcoming, loving community. We are, obviously, but we're excited to be joining a community where we genuinely see and, and feel that people really love Jesus. And I know that sounds like, well, of course, but that's not true in every church. People here genuinely love Jesus. And and more than that, I I get the feeling and the sense that this isn't a church that wants to stand still. This isn't a church that's satisfied for where we are on our walk of faith, for where we are in kind of our our journey. We want to go deeper. We want to know him more. And, And more than that, we don't just want to have a nice time in here. We want to be a kind of I'm going to use the phrase, a presence of renewal in society, a presence of renewal in the world. We want to be the kind of church that is, is a blessing, that people look at us and they think, gosh, those guys are generous. They're hope-filled. They're life-filled. It looks like they have the answers to the kind of questions in life that I'm asking. Maybe I'll go on and check that out. That's the kind of church we want to be, a church that's making an impact into kind of societal needs and that, that, that makes a statement and says, you know, we're not going to stand for poverty in this city. We're not going to stand for loneliness. We're not going to stand for insecurity because we have a God who has made us all in his image equally and says, you're worthy, I love you. And, and, and we want to be a church that shows that. We want to be a renewing presence, right? Yeah. This is good. We'll work on the audience participation. It's okay. I know we're not Pentecostal, but you know. Um, but you know, I've, I've had a bit of a worry over the last few years, and it's not a Redland worry. I mean, it might be true of here. I, I genuinely don't know. But I see a lot of the time in churches um, a real want to be a renewing presence in the world. And maybe a new leader comes along, and people get excited, and we do some different things. And we do some different ministries, and we cultivate some clever strategies, and we formulate a really good kind of clear vision. And it's all really nice, and we kind of wind forward five years, and things look good. Things have changed a bit. 
it feels exciting, but in terms of the substance of what's actually going on, nothing's particularly different. We're not really seeing any more lives transformed. We're not seeing any more people come to faith. We're not seeing a bigger impact in the city. We're not seeing people look to the church as a, as a kind of like lighthouse, as a beacon of hope. It's just kind of the same. It's just, I don't know, PR. And, and the reason I, I kick that out now is because I don't want us to look back in five years and have developed and have grown and but for it to just be PR, you know, we want to be a renewed people who are a renewing presence in the world, who are seeing people come to know how incredible Jesus is and having their lives completely transformed and turned around. And so I want to look at our scripture today because I think it's Jesus is teaching us this morning as a community, as Redland, something that I think if we get, if we learn, maybe we'll avoid the PR trap. And maybe we'll see true renewal, true transformation, and new life, and more people coming to join that, and um, the kingdom of God coming on earth. We up for that? Yeah. Good news. Because um, that's what I got planned, and it would have been a long, <laughs> a long time otherwise. Um, so we're in Luke. If you've got a Bible, do follow it. I think it's going to be on the screen behind me. Um, Luke chapter 6. So Jesus is... Um, in the midst of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, which is, um, well, it's, we think it's probably actually a collection of teachings. It's not really like one sermon, but it's been arranged in this format. And the Sermon on the Mount is kind of Jesus' teaching on like, how to live, how like, life in God's world looks like. And Jesus says this. He says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't, don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. So, like, Jesus is kind of using a commonly understood, like, metaphor. Um, we don't today live in a kind of, like, agrarian society. So we might not, well, if you're anything like me, you won't understand what he's on about straight away because my knowledge of gardening is pitiful. Um, but if you're around in that time where kind of farming is just kind of what you do to survive, you get this. Like, what's he saying? He's saying, no good tree bears bad fruit. So if you've got a good tree, and what's a good tree? A good tree is a tree that's healthy. What's in the tree is good. It's well, you know, resourced. It's well placed. It's well fed. And so what happens when you get a good tree? Well, good fruit. It just happens naturally. What's in the tree comes out the tree in terms of its fruitfulness. Health brings good fruit. Conversely, Jesus says, you know, if you've got a bad tree, it doesn't matter what you want to do. It doesn't matter if you've got a good plan. It doesn't matter if you've got a clever strategy. That bad tree is always going to produce bad fruit because the ill health of the tree is always going to kind of bring about bad fruit. You'll never get a bad tree with good fruit. You'll never get a good tree with bad fruit. And then Jesus uses this as like a, a mirror to us. And he says this. He says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In other words, and this is humbling, 
we're like a tree. We're like a tree. Ultimately, what's within us, how we are, will come out of us in what we do. Why do we need to get this? We need to get this because what we do, how we think, will always be shaped by how we are within us, by how our hearts are. You know, if you're a generous person, you'll be generous. You don't need a plan to be generous. You don't need someone kind of like standing up on a stage and cajoling you to be generous. It just flows out of you because the heart speaks what the mouth is full of. If you're a patient person, it, it, it's who you are. Put in a situation where you're tested, it just flows out of you. And you might be able to try really hard and kind of like put on a facade of patience for a short period, but ultimately, what's within us comes out of us because what we do, how we live, flows from how we are. Flows from how we are. Um, I've got a bit of a theory, right? Um, I wonder if there's a question that might be lingering on, like, I'm going to say a majority of people's lips. It's a bit of a punt, but go with me. And the question is this, this morning. What does the new vicar want to change? <laughs> oh, that's a good laugh. That means I'm, I'm, I'm ringing a chord. And there's probably two camps, aren't there? Two extremes, and there's probably some people who are quite uncertain, were quite nervous, because change means uncertainty, and uncertainty means fear, and it means stepping out into the unknown. And there's probably another camp that if I was to announce this morning that I've redecorated the toilet, you would kind of wet yourselves with excitement. Like, oh my gosh, it's blue. Have you seen? I really like it. Like, most of us are probably a bit more in the middle. Now, you go to Vicar College, and um, there's one thing they teach you. They say, when you go into a new church, make sure that you go in and you say this. You say, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to listen, I'm going to learn for a bit. I'm, I'm not going to change anything for a while. I don't even know what I'm going to change. And um, the truth is, it's always, a bit of a, it's always a bit dishonest because I don't know a single vicar who's not gone with some idea. They might go with an openness to listen and to be corrected, but they, they've got some idea. Um, I've never been one for convention, guys, so I'm, I'm going to have a punt. And I'm going to tell you the thing that I think needs to change the most in this church this morning. Um, and the good news is, is, I think if we change this, I really believe that we will be a presence of renewal in the world, that will be a place where people come to to find life, healing, restoration, transformation. It'll be a place where we are being transformed and we are being renewed. The bad news is it's probably the most controversial thing that we could change. It's probably going to be the thing that's going to be opposed the most, resisted the most. Because the thing that needs to change the most in this church is um, it's me. The slightly bad news is it's also you. We need to change. If all we do is kind of like focus on what we do and the ministries we have and the way we do services and the small groups, which are all really important things, which all matter, but if that's all we focus on, we'll have just done PR. We need to change. But there's a bit of a problem. And I don't know if this story is like one that you can kind of engage with, but this certainly seems to be my life more often than I care to admit. 
So uh, a little while ago, um, was it this year? Probably last, early last year, Jesus was sort of speaking to me and just saying, Will, like, you're actually quite impatient. You're an impatient person, and I want to change you. I want to grow you in patience. And I think for a while I just kind of, I suppose, pretended that the reason I was impatient was for other reasons. It was externals, you know? It was like, oh, I'm just a bit tired, or like someone was being annoying, or there, there was excuses for it. And Jesus was just kind of exposing, no, 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 that's not what's going on, it's deeper. You're an impatient person, and that's, that's the level I want to transform. I don't just want to transform what you do, I want to transform who you are, because then what you do will be in line with that. So anyway, I, I got quite excited about this, I'm not going to lie, and I, I, you know, I, I was praying, and it was sort of later, and I was thinking, right, well, here we go then. Tomorrow, you know, <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa, step aside, like, there is going to be a new model of patience in the world, and it's going to be me. And um, as good plans, all good plans begin with, um, I went to bed, um, you know, never start something on the day you've intended to do it, you were... Uh, just get disappointed, don't you? Um, so I went to bed, and I woke up in the morning, and um, in the morning I, I, I spent a bit of time with Jesus, praying in the scriptures, and um, it was wonderful. You know, I'm not going to lie, like Moses was looking on jealously from heaven as I was there, you know, lost in this moment of deep spiritual profundity with Jesus, intercessing for the nations, you know, oh, my heart was warmed. And, um, and praying away in this deeply spiritual place, and Katie, my wife, walks in and asks me a question. I know. And I turn from this place of deep spiritual profundity. I'm like, what are you doing? Can't you see I'm praying in here? And Katie kind of scampers off, like apologetically. And I turn back to prayer. And I'm like, Lord, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that that, that heathen woman <laughs> has just interrupted this profound spiritual moment. And Jesus said to me, Will, how's the patience thing going? <laughs> oh, yeah, not, not, not so great. You see, we need to change. But we can't change ourselves. I don't know if you've ever tried, you've you know, gone away from church and there's been a really inspiring talk on like, being more loving or more compassionate or more for the poor or more generous or more bold in sharing how amazing Jesus is with people who don't know that yet. And you go away like all fired up, all ready to go. And next day, you, you know, you're at work, you're thinking, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to my colleague Sarah about, about Jesus today. And it comes to the moment and you're like, oh, I'm going to go and get something from there. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. Why is that? It's, it's because we can't change ourselves. It's interesting, isn't it, in this, in this passage? What does Jesus use as a metaphor? He says we're like a tree. Now, what do trees do? This is going to be really educational. Like, prepare yourself for this level of depth. Um, trees do this. Occasionally, a bit of... Like, what does a bad tree do if it wants to become a good tree? <laughs> Nothing. 
Because a tree can't change itself. A tree can't be like, right, three-step plan. I'm going to kind of dig myself up. There's a better side of the garden over there. That'll do. The soil's a bit better. Um, I'm going to arrange for someone to come water me a bit more often. And um, I'm going to prune myself. It can't do that. It's a tree. It just sits there. So how does a bad tree become a good tree? Well, it needs a gardener. The tree needs a gardener. We, we need a gardener. And the good news is we've got one. His name's Jesus. And if we let him, if we'll seek him, he will change us. He will chip off the rubbish, the insecurity, the pride, the stuff that stops us from being everything he's created us to be. He'll transform us and renew us and make us everything that we're created to be. And when a whole church of followers of Jesus, apprentices of Jesus, give their lives to allowing him to transform them, give their lives to allowing him to change them, he does it. And when we do it, we become a presence of renewal in the world. That's what we're after, guys. Everything else is a means to that end. Allowing Jesus to transform us and change us to become more like him and to be everything that he's created us to be. But that is so hard. Because if you're anything like me, and my guess is at least some of you are, you don't want to admit to yourself, let alone God, let alone anyone else, that there's anything wrong with you. But the reality is, is that I can try and hide it, I can try and pretend it, but I'm prideful. And it comes out in the way I lead, it comes out in the way I, I, you know, relate to Katie and to others. You know, I can be selfish. You know, I've just noticed recently we've moved house, we're spending quite a lot of money because it's a way bigger house, which is incredible, but like, that makes me a bit nervous, that makes me sort of want to be less generous because I'm like worried about what I'm going to have left for myself, and I'm like, gosh, that's toxic. That's killing me, that's making me less of who I'm created to be by Jesus. Like, I need to change, but my word is it hard to admit that, but we must, we have to, and it's, it's a journey, it's a constant journey, and we're going to be on it forever, but let's not not go on it, because if we let Jesus change us, if we let Jesus transform us, then we will become a presence of renewal in society. We will, be, we will become a beacon of hope. We will become a beacon of light. We will become a people who live out what it looks like when God is in charge, and we will see transformation and change and lives change here and out there. And, um, and so I guess I just want to end with a question, really. And the question is this. It's... Um, Will you admit to Jesus that you need to change? And will you let him change you? Can we pray together? Is that all right? Jesus, we thank you that you're a God of transformation and change. You don't leave us where we are. You're always leading us further on and deeper to be everything you've made us to be in you. To be like you. To do the kind of things that you do in the world. 
Jesus, we just want to come before you now humbly and just say we need you so much. We need you to change us. We need you to change our, our hearts where we don't want to admit that we need to change or we don't realize we need to change where we've become blind to it because we've been lying to ourselves for so long. We need you, Jesus. I just want to give a, just a bit of space just for us to just in prayer just speak to Jesus. We'll just have a, a couple of minutes silence before we move on. And I just encourage you, be honest with God. He knows anyway. Be honest with him. If fear is the overriding emotion when you think of change, tell him. Because he can help us with that. Stay in this place of prayer for just a moment longer. Jesus, thank you that you're here right now. You meet with us that you change us, that you transform us, that you're a God who's, who's always with us. And Jesus, I just pray as we go from here that you help us to hear what you're saying to us as individuals, as a, a corporate body, the ways in which we need to let you transform us so that we can be everything that you've made us to be. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.